Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. The gospel always begins with God, and he's the one who prepared the way of salvation and initiated it in sending his well-beloved son. He's the one who follows sinners and brings them to the place where they have the opportunity to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior and be reconciled to God. Yes, God is calling you, my friend, and if you're listening to our broadcast today, then God brought his great message of salvation to you. Yes, to you. God has plans for your life. Our broadcast today features evangelist Mr. Gaius Goff speaking on the very subject of how God is seeking for sinners and presenting them with a wonderful free gift of forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Yes, there is only one way, and that way is by way of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ that can bring sinners back to God. Not wishful thinking, not works, not prayers or religious observances, not even a change in the way that you're living. None of these things will bring you any closer to God. Only Christ can do this. Only Christ can give us the life that we need, spiritual life, and the full assurance of a home in heaven. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. When you and I began this journey of life, keep it clear in your mind that we began a journey that is never, never never going to end. That's why we have this map of life behind us here. At the moment, we happen to be on this side of the death pillar. There's not a whole lot of things to say about that, except that on that side, there's two roads. A broad one, that you can do anything you want. You can sing hymns or squid jigging ground, or you can drink or you can be sober, or you can be rich or you can be poor. You can do Religious or irreligious on that broad road, you can do anything you want, except one thing. You can't go to heaven on it. But then there comes a time in our lives, everybody will have it, when you come to that place where that door is right there, and you have to make a decision. And the decision is, am I going to leave this broad way and turn privately and personally through that door? And that door is the Lord Jesus Christ who says, you come to me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And that's what we're doing there, like that hand with the finger pointing to the door. We're trying to point you to the Savior here tonight. Didn't begin with us. There's lots of others have done that right from the beginning, and I'm just going to read to you a verse here in this portion of Scripture that tells a word that Peter the one that so many people have known about. And this is a word that he said that clarifies the whole message of the gospel, to my mind, in one simple verse. Neither is there salvation, Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm going to speak to you tonight about salvation. No other name 
and the word saved. I used to live in Newfoundland for quite a number of years, and the government of Canada back then, now they're going back quite a few years, but the government of Canada had a section of the, I don't know what was in the military, part of the military called search and rescue. And I can recall a good many times when people were off in the North Atlantic in terrible storms, and there were brave men who would get aboard of boats or helicopters or Hercules airplanes and fly out and search for those people. And it was remarkable to me how many they were able to rescue from things that seemed totally impossible. 30 up to 50 foot waves and they would bring people ashore. And on occasions I watched them when they came and some would actually get down on their hands and knees and kiss the ground. They were that grateful to be ashore. And I read one time that the government of Canada figured, this is back 30 years ago almost, that at that time it cost approximately $1 million for every person they rescued. So that would mean that even according to this country, you're worth a whole lot. You're not a mistake. You're a calculated, planned person. So never ever think that you're here by accident. You and I live and move and have our being because God wants you here. I hope you understand that. And if you miss that point, you miss the whole point of life. You're alive because God wants you alive. And you have an enemy tracking your life every day who would love to take your life before you find God. Very sad thing. A good many people have turned their back on God and walked away as if he didn't count on anything or they even curse on his name. But the Bible tells us that God has a rescue plan going on in this world today. It's called salvation. Not by works, the Bible tells us. It's by grace people are saved through faith. And that not of ourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. You know, it's interesting that far too many people think the goal of their life, or religion would say, is that if you please God by your own efforts, if you, uh, a lot of people, you know, New Year's Eve make resolutions. They're going to quit drinking or quit smoking. Or <laughs> I was one time in a place and I, this was in the beginning of Lent. And a young boy came to me and said, Mr. Goff, he said, what are you giving up for Lent? And I said, well, I hadn't thought of giving anything up. What? He said, you can't go into Lent without giving something up. Well, I said, what did you have in mind? He said, I'm going to give up candy. And he said, my dad's going to give up screech and hard liquor for 40 days. I said, so what are you doing that for? Well, he said, you got to fast so you can please God. Now, this is a kid who's about five or six years old. I said, well, really what God wants is not just giving up hard liquor or screech or, or candy. He wants people to give up sin. Well, he said, that would be pretty hard. I said, you're right. A week later, I said, I talked to him. I said, how's it going, Barry? Oh, he said, Mr. Goff, I just couldn't stick it. He said, I had to go and buy some candy. And he said, my dad's already gone back and bought his liquor. Isn't it strange how people seem to think if they give up doing certain things, God's going to be happy with them. And almost all people will say of themselves, well, you know, I'm not really a bad person. I just have bad habits. But the Bible makes a declaration about us all that we have all sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. 
So between you and God, there's this big black barrier called sin. And we can't penetrate it from down here. You can pray the Lord's Prayer every night. You can go to church every Sunday. You can read the Bible. You can do penance. And you can pay a whole lot of money. And you can't penetrate that sin barrier and get yourself to God. It cannot be done. Because the Bible says salvation is not of works, lest any man should boast. So how could people like you and I, who can't help being sinful, how can we ever come to God? Only one way. If God in mercy was prepared to penetrate the sin barrier and come down to me and make a way that he could take me to heaven, then it's possible for a person to be saved. And he did it. And that's why we read that verse. God has given it in a simple phrase so that you and I can know how we can get to him. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And here's how God did it. The Bible says, at just the right time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to pay the price to redeem us that were under the law, that we might be adopted into his family as children. And it has happened. It has actually happened. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And that's why he came. In fact, before he ever came, he had the name picked out long before. Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. And that's the only one. Because the Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. My people came from... on. My father's side came from England. I'm kind of but a whole bunch of different nationalities put together. But on my father's side, most of them came from England. But I remember my grandfather when I was just a little boy. By the way, if you're a grandfather, the grandfather's job is to teach your grandchildren about God. Don't mess with your family. You just teach them about God. And my grandfather used to sing... The name of Jesus is so sweet. I can still remember him singing it. Even when he was out around, he loved the name Jesus. Why do you suppose? Because my grandfather was born in England. They moved to North Dakota and was raised there. And when he got 21, he was not a Christian. And he wanted to get away from God and the Bible and Christian family. And this is way back before the 1900s came. And one fall, he got aboard of a horse and rode all the way from North Dakota to Vancouver. There was gold in Alaska. And he was going to Alaska to find gold and get away from God. And he went down, that time Vancouver was just, just a little small spot. And he went down to where the ships tied up. There was no bridges across the North Vancouver. And he went there and he came out in this wharf where the ship was to leave for Alaska. And the wharf was empty except for one man. And he came out and he looked and he saw a ship going out through the narrows. And the man looked at him and he said, were you wanting to go to Alaska? He said, yeah, that boat was full of people. He said, going to Alaska, but he said, you're not going to get there this year. 
she won't be back till the spring of the year. Oh, all the way from North Dakota to go to Alaska to get away from God and to try and find gold. 21 years old. Sounds like some of you guys here, right? You've been dodging God for a long time. You've hoped to do it your own way. You thought maybe you could manipulate God into going your way. My grandfather kind of had that sinking feeling. And I guess the older gentleman there, he had a pile of stuff around him. He says, uh, you need some work? Grandfather said, oh, yes, I do. Well, he said, good, I need a man. And he said, where you start, put all this stuff on the back of your horse and come down to my store. Well, things are looking up. Got a job. And they're going down the wharf, and he said, you have a place to stay. Your grandfather says, no, I just got here. Well, he said, we take boarders. You can come and stay with us. And as they got to the head of the wharf, he said, by the way, he said, are you a Christian? Do you know the Lord? And the bottom almost fell out of my grandfather's stomach. He'd been trying to get away from God. And God followed him from North Dakota on horseback to Vancouver. <sighs> What's he going to do now? Because he's got a place to stay and a job at work. Well, he said, that's okay. He said, no, he said, I'm not a Christian. Well, that's good, he said. You can come to a gospel meeting with me. I'd like some of you here. There is no another name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And God is going to track you. The hound of heaven is after you. And he wants you and his family. Three weeks later, my grandfather quit running. And one day he said to Mr. Ray, he said, I would like a half a day off, please. My grandfather took his Bible and he went out to what is now called Stanley Park. And one morning, about 11.30 or 12 o'clock, my grandfather sat on the edge of a log sitting there and he read the Bible. And in the words of John 3:16 and 17, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And grandpa got down on his knees. And he said, God, I've been running a long time. But I stop here and I accept the Lord Jesus as my savior. Now, is that complicated? That's not a complicated step of faith. That's doing what the Bible says. The Bible teaches that it's Christ alone and trust in Him that brings salvation, not trying to please God by your own efforts. And sometimes religion will say, well, if you do diligent service and, and pay a certain amount of money and, and discipline yourself and obey laws. Well, you can hope for heaven. After all, you're not a bad person. But the Bible says we receive salvation as a gift. And that gift was paid for with drops of blood that flowed from the Lord Jesus on the cross of Calvary. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Somebody has to die for your sins. Either you or somebody else who doesn't have any. Well, where is such a person? The Lord Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Do you know what the Bible says? Christ died 
for the ungodly. And the Bible says God commended or demonstrated His love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means you, mister. He had you in mind, lady. You children, He died that you might go to heaven. Your sins could be forgiven. That's the only price that is acceptable to God. And sometimes people say, well, you know, self-determination or honest effort. But the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God who's been working with you and making you think about why you're here and where you're going and where you're going to end up, that's God working with you to draw you to Himself. You know, one night in the Gospel tent where meetings were being held like this, a young girl and her fiancé were sitting there. And... The gospel was being preached like this. And as that meeting came to a close, that young girl, when everybody else got up to go out, that young girl stayed sitting there, thinking, her head down, and a few tears coming down over her cheeks. Her boyfriend didn't realize that she didn't get up and follow him out, so he was clear down to the back before he turned around to talk to her. And here she is still sitting up third row from the front, on the side. And so... He stood back there and looked at her. You know what it's like sometimes when people look and you can almost feel them in the back of your head? After a while, she turned and she saw him down there with this look on his face. And you could see him from the door. And you knew something really heavy was going down right here in this tent, in this gospel meeting. And the girl looked at him and she's crying and he's there. And she could read. If you want this, you can have it, but not me. And about three minutes later, people were going out from the other side shaking hands, and three minutes later that girl got up and walked down. And he just turned and walked out through, you know, ever so polite and shook the preacher's hand and went on out and stopped outside, waited for her, and the preacher said to her, I believe you want God's salvation. And he gave to her that verse that's on the back of this wall. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Young lady, God is calling you now. And she stood there and cried, never said a word, and went through the door. And you could hear him outside. Look, if you want this, go for it. She said, look, when I saw the look on your face, I made a decision, either for you or for Jesus. She said, I knew I had to make that decision. And she said, I chose you, so never bring it up to me again. And she was never back. Because if you turn and walk away from God who loves you, and from the Savior who died for you and gave his life for you as a ransom to pay the price of all of your sins, and if you turn your back on him, he's not going to force you to come in faith and believe on him. He's offered himself as the sacrifice for your sin. And he paid for it completely. So now that sin barrier can be penetrated right to God. The Bible says some beautiful words were accepted in the beloved. You know, when a person becomes a Christian, when a person who's traveling this road of life and they call a halt and they realize, if I keep going this way, I'm lost forever. I'm lost now, but if I keep going, 
I'll be lost forever. And they call a halt and make a 180. You'll find the Lord Jesus right there, ready and willing to save you and make you his child. Is that love? Well, if that isn't love, the ocean's dry. There's no scars in the sky or sparrow can't fly. Oh man, have you ever been loved? Have you ever been loved? No salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that name is the name Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what the Bible says. What saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And the Bible says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, save, what is that? Well, that's rescued. Saved from your sins. Saved from the consequences of your sins. Saved from hell. Saved for heaven. Not just what we're saved from, but it's what we're saved for. I was in a place just the other week. A lady who had come to meetings that we had just a year and a half ago. God had saved her. She was poor. She is as poor as a church mouse. They're in the hole so far they'll never get out as far as I know. But God saved her. I don't know how she's ever going to manage. But I said to her, I said, how's it going, my dear? All right. I said, no, I want to know how's it going. She said, I'm glad I know the Lord Jesus as my Savior. If I wasn't saved, honestly, I don't think I could live. But when a person understands neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, that's when life starts. And it can start for you. If you'll reach out and trust the one who gave his life to save you. Yes, there's only one name whereby we can be saved, and that's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing we can do of ourselves. It's simply a matter of trusting in a work that has already been accomplished. God has presented the gospel message to you clearly and plainly. Christ died. Salvation is available, and you can trust him today. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message, and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gathering Center 
nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.